words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! The Falcons are going to the yeah. Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Hello, Atlanta sports fans. We're back. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We're finally back. We said we were going to take the last end of 2022 off, and we did. And then it snowballed into trying to get on the same page with time and work schedules because I I got a new job. I did not think I would be employed uh, in 2022, uh, with the, with, uh, the, the education that I received, everybody knows if you listen, I went back to school, but I magically, uh, got employed, started on December 27th and it turned out to be, uh, quite an undertaking. Uh, we've been busy. We lost a few people, a lot of training, but you know, the, the commission over here, he works in the restaurant biz. It's been a, I think we can do one. Nope. I got to stay. And, Man, it's just been one thing after another, but finally, finally, we have come back to the airwaves, as The Rock might say, and, uh, you know, in case you're just tuning in, if this is your first one, this is Believe in Atlanta Sports. I'm your host, Robert Taylor, and I got my partner over here, the commissioner, Mark Rich. This motherfucker, man, has been everywhere since then. He went to Los Angeles, watched Georgia beat the brakes off of TCU, Went to the Believe Studios, met Braun. Sure did. The fearless leader. I'm jealous as shit. As he's there, he gets thrown on the air. They do a show. He went to a Clippers game in L.A. And a Lakers game. I, I and think, he, I think game. he banged a couple of actresses. Man, he had a blast out there. That was your first trip to L.A. Unbelievable. And, uh, yeah. I, and, and I've been out there quite a bit because, you know, my brother lives out there. And it is one of those towns you go and either have the most amazing time or you come back and you go, not for me. But you're an L.A. guy. Man. I'm I, an L.A. guy. We're not from there, but I fucking love that town. It I makes love a, LA. It makes a, a, a huge difference when your cousin lives slap in the middle of downtown L.A. and you get to stay with him for a week. Yeah, man. Where does he live? Up 7th Street, somewhere off of 7th. I, okay. I don't I don't know enough. I just know that it was a slap in the middle, and I walked to uh, Staples or Crypto.com. We walked there. Okay, that's a little bit different. So where my brother lives, you can look out his bathroom window and see the Hollywood sign. So it's kind of like Los Feliz. And, but that's close to Staples and, and all that. But he lives right off of Hollywood Boulevard. and uh, California's crazy, <clears throat> man. Yeah. So awesome. Did you go to Venice? 
Uh, yes. Um, my last day there went to Manhattan Beach to go to the Believe Studios. Um, and then uh, my cousin works for Interscope, so went to Interscope, saw that that was awesome, and then um, that had to be like a dream come true for you to see Interscope. You're a hip hop guy. Man, and that is a hip hop mecca for sure. I'll uh, I'll share some pictures with you later. It was uh it was it was quite awesome. It was when we got in there. It was like really quiet. It was before everybody else got in there, so we just got to walk around and and look at stuff. But just like just the idea of like what that place is, and like they had some really cool stuff hanging on the walls. I took a picture with a Tupac statue. It was it was dude the cool. history. I mean, I'm assuming Interscope, unless they've moved, is probably the studios and everything has been where they've been. For, for a very long time, I, I would imagine. I don't know. I, I didn't ask that question, um, and I'm not sure if they've moved around. I know my cousin was telling me that different a couple different companies had moved locations, but I'm not I'm not sure if that's the original location or not. But it was cool that we were right by um damn what pier? Venice and then where the hell were Santa we? Monica. Santa Monica. We were <clears throat> yeah. in Santa Monica. Um, went to the pier there, went to Venice. Um, apparently, um, that's where all the homeless people congregate now. So it was more of a drive by. Yeah. Venice is not such a nice place during the day. I mean, they're there and they're a little more tame and it's okay. Well, we also, but it, it gets pretty crazy at night. I, I, I would go there at night with some people, but I, I would like me and, and just like my brother or something, I, I wouldn't it, it'd get a little dicey. I uh we also just so happened to stumble on the per- first like rainstorm in seven years. Yeah, so that, Melrose that was happened. Melrose was flooded. It was it was weird. Yeah, super weird. Um, but again, awesome. Like everybody there is so happy that they're getting rain. So like good good for you guys. I got yeah, to go. So- I got to eat at. Uh, uh, damn it! Why can't I think of the Neptune something or what? Whatever the restaurant where. Uh, Dom and Brian go eat when Brian wants to, you know, get more deep into the gang and Fast and the Furious. And uh, it was also in um, Point Break. Yeah, there you when go, When they there. Utah, give me two. God bless. Um, Super cool. I geeked out really hard on that one. Yeah, I was jealous, man, because I, I had envisioned a world where I would stay with my brother and go to the game. And I actually had a few people hit me up in messenger on Facebook and Hey, face value 600 each, like pretty reasonable in my wheelhouse of what I would be willing to spend. But then I got the job and I, I had no sick leave, no time. I just couldn't make it happen. I'm, but I'll tell you this, You're I'm coming looking, to Houston. I'm all in Houston. And of course, Georgia will have a shot. Kirby drive is where reliant field uh, reliant stadium is located. If that's not the universe talking to you, but I, it's not a done deal. No. Well, let's say that. And and boy, we're we're about to wade into some waters here. We're not going to hit you with like a 4-hour return episode, but I got some shit to say. Can I say one thing real quick and I promise to keep it real short and real sweet? Ding dong, the witch is really dead this time. Tom Brady is gone. I saw that and I'll see it when I believe it. Uh I I think I I do I will agree with you. I think he is done. I think he saw the damn I mean he lost a family he didn't lose a family. He he lost his wife. His kids will, you know, still be around and they'll co-parent. They don't even live that too far apart from one another down in Florida, but he uh 
he basically sacrificed a marriage to come back and have a crappy season with the Bucks, and I'm glad that dude's gone because, yes, th- there is no arguing. The guy went to seven Super Bowls. Did he ever win one? Not really. He won them. He was on the team. He was on the field. But can you actually say that Tom Brady was responsible for winning a Patriots Super Bowl? And I don't really think you can. Those early ones were defense. Then they had what was the running back? Last thing was green. It was a beast. You know, so a lot of times he was a game manager. And I, I don't think. I don't know, man. I, I it just I, I'm just ready for I'm ready for that era to be over. I'm just I'm done with it. It was so long. Yeah, that too. And we talked about this before on a prior episode that if I ever met Tom Brady, it would probably be like, uh, you know, meeting Aldis Snow after he banged your girlfriend. Fuck, you're cool. Yeah. Like, you don't want to like him, but I probably would. But I just think Tom Brady, a lot of people went into making Tom Brady Tom Brady. Sure. If he doesn't get drafted by the Patriots, I'm not so sure, sure he sees the success that he sees if he doesn't have that partnership with Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick and the Patriots organization. I 100% agree. I'm yeah. I, that that dog was in him the whole time, but people needed to bring it out. He he wasn't just going to go to the Cleveland Browns and come off yeah. the bench and, and turn win into seven that guy. Super yeah. Bowls. That know, wasn't yeah. uh, a, a lot of people helped in, in making that, but ultimately he you're going to get the credit cuz that's what the NFL is about. The quarterback's going to get the credit and, and God bless it. That that he's the goat. That's the guy right there. Um, well, everybody knows I think Peyton Manning is the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. But another thing I'll tell you, too, even if you don't agree with me, and you don't have to agree with me, it's fine if you don't. But I know Terry Bradshaw called his own plays and didn't have all these kind of rules to protect him. Sure, I know Joe Montana did the same thing. Well, Tom Brady may have had some leeway in calling plays, but a lot of times somebody told him what to do, when to do it, where to do it, and how to do it, and said, Tom, if you follow this blueprint – You'll be you'll be great. I and we're gonna just go based on the 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 championship metric. That that's it. I mean, you can make an argument for just about anything, but I it, I feel like it's always gonna boil down to. But it's Tom Brady because he's done something most people. Nope, his shit. It's gonna be really hard to catch it. Yeah, and, and wonkity wonk wonk wonk. Who cares though? The best quarterback. Uh, not best quarterback, but. The quarterback with the best Super Bowl metrics and numbers in the last 25 years is a guy named Matt fucking Ryan. And I don't care. You go look it up. Go look it up. Anybody out there that doubts me, go look it up. I have seen the article. I have read the article. I have seen the numbers. He's up there. If he wasn't, and there's been a few, super, obviously been a few Super Bowls since then, but at the time, his numbers and his performance in the Super Bowl were historic. But that's for another time. Because we, we did what we always do here on Believe in Atlanta Sports. We went off on a, on a little rabbit hole, but let's let's go back because we do have reason to rejoice because our Georgia Bulldogs com- completed another national title run at 15-0. and 0. Perfect. Oh, my God. How crazy was it? The Ohio State game, we can talk about that. We can talk about somebody, and I, it was Andy Bunker on Twitter said, how would you describe the national title game? And my response was a complete mental and physical dismantling of a football program. And TCU will never own up to that. They will never own up to the, I mean, just a a thrashing. That is, and I've seen Alabama play for a long time. That was one of the most severe B 
beatings ever given to a football team in the history of the world. And, and Alabama did do it. And I'm not saying this because I'm a Homer or a Georgia fan, but I really don't ever remember a football game where someone just so easily imposed their will and did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted. And I'd never in my life have seen Kirk Herbstreet at halftime. And I don't Why am I drawing a blank here? Uh, broadcast partner, Chris Fowler. Fowler. I love Chris Fowler. I love Kirk Herbstreet too. But I've never seen them in all the football I've watched at halftime go, I mean, it's pretty much over. TCU doesn't have a chance. They didn't say that outright, but you just their body language and some of the things they said were just kind of like, yeah, we just uh, watched Georgia win the national title in, in, in 30 minutes. And everybody turned off the TV. It was amazing. And I can, I can guarantee you, maybe not even in expansion, as long as there's a 14 playoff, there's, I don't care if a Big 12 school goes undefeated and wins the conference next year. They're not getting in. They're yeah, not getting well, in. So it's only one more year of the four teams. Yeah. So I, I really, like this year, like, God bless your soul, if you're a Cincinnati or somebody that makes a run, they're pu- they're putting no. whoever they think the four best teams in the country exactly. in. You might even see one of those things this year where the Alabama people, were, with their entitlement, you, you might even see that. Yeah, you might yeah. see a two-loss Alabama that doesn't play for a, a conference championship sneak in, or a Michigan or whoever. But I can guarantee you, these Cinderella teams or these they deserve it, fucking TCU ruined that for him. Ruined it. And again, it's the same thing that I talked about in the Tennessee game that happened with TCU. Coaches and players, that whole staff, they had four people that had ever played in just just a bowl game. No playoff experience whatsoever. And I don't care how cool and calm and collected you are. It's something to walk out into SoFi Stadium and see it sold out and realize I'm playing for the national title of college football and not just America, the world is watching. There were people around the world watching the national championship of college football, and I'm sorry. Nothing can prepare you for that. Nothing at all. Especially looking across the field at that juggernaut. And I just looked, you know, uh, and I'm going to make more of a habit of this. I looked at their O-line, D-line, and they just dwarfed them. Georgia was so, as Larry would say, you know, they're so much bigger than we are. And we were. It was complete. I mean, yeah, 65 to 7. Just total domination. We couldn't stop scoring. Yeah. I um, I we I asked the question before it happened, and I was like, have have you ever watched a national championship game where the backups got put in? And still scored? And still look, but, looked but great. no, no, no. But like, at, at what point, like the like the backups would come in at the end of the fourth quarter, like not play the entire fourth quarter, and most of the third. Yeah, but I, like I was just, I I was mildly shocked. Yeah, because I couldn't remember <clears throat> it ever happening before, and then I like. Somebody's like, oh, well, at a certain point, didn't you didn't you feel bad? No. Hell no. Absolutely no. not. You've known me long enough to know that I've been salivating for a game. I wanted that, 70. Yeah. Um, and I don't care what Sonny Dykes or any of those guys ever say. They're never going to live that down, ever. The one shot they had. Oh, trust me. To trust put TCU football, the Big 12 themselves, anything on the map, and they they blew it. I mean, they blew it. We got 28-3, to three, but y'all got boat raced. Man, they only got seven points because of a busted coverage. Once. We made one mistake. Yeah. 
And and so that brings us to Ken Georgia three peat. Okay, well, a big piece of that is coming back, and that's Cedric Von Prahn. So now he can call coverages and we don't have to worry about a new quarterback kind of, you know, uh calling that. And and so that'll that's gonna help. It was big for him to come back. It's either gonna be Carson Beck or Brock Vandegrift. That's what I've been reading early on. Those two will battle. It does seem like Vandegrift's the incumbent. I mean, I'm sorry, Beck is the incumbent, and it's kind of his job to lose. But, you know, Vandegrift is there. I do think if Vandegrift doesn't win the job, he leaves. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's going to uh, lead me to my first uh, shut-the-fuck-up hot take morons is, yes, Todd Munkin is making the rounds. He is. He interviewed with Baltimore. He's going to interview with Tampa. I don't know why he'd want to go to Tampa. He he's not going to win right away, if at all. Baltimore maybe uh, he's going to have a new quarterback there. I just don't see him going. I think he's just doing it because he can. Also, I'm sure he I'm sure he wants to know. I'm sure. <clears throat> yeah, but we don't know. So earlier when we talked about Munkin possibly leaving to take a like the Auburn job or something like that, like the speculation was, or not the speculation, he didn't want to recruit. So we stopped worrying about him going elsewhere to be a head coach, but a coordinator in the NFL might be a different story. Maybe he wants to be a head coach in the NFL at some point. We don't know what his his goals are, what he what he wants to do, but man, I I would it would be really weird if I was in his position and I'm I'm not him, but you have a chance to do something that's never, ever been done before. To leave before you can find out if you can do it or not would be just weird. I, I think he wants to. I've seen things that he alludes to. The grass isn't always greener. It's not all about money. It's about winning. It's about the fight song. He literally said that thing <clears throat> about winning. He's like, I, as long as we're winning, I'm a, so, I want to be here. And, and I, I, I don't see how the uh, – he's already been in the NFL – he played for not played. He coached for the Browns and the Bucks. He was there when Dirk was down there, so he's already done it. He's already been on top of that mountain. Now has he had success? No. He Browns and you know Dirk was terrible in Tampa. So both times he lost. But I I think because he is a competitor, he's the highest paid assistant coach in all of football, and he has a legitimate shot to three peat. It, here's the thing. They asked me the question on the Daily Stripe when I was at Believe in L.A. They, the first question we talked about was, can can Georgia 3 P And that's that's when Brian was like, why aren't you guys recording this? Yeah, That's what spawned the whole sit down and, and talk about it. Um, but, yeah, like there's nothing, there's nothing out there that says, like, you know, uh, Ohio State is going to be devastating next year. Or Alabama is going to be devastating next year. And there's nothing that says Georgia, based on based on losing all those defensive players and coming back and going perfect this year, and in the knock being, well, you have a 25 year old quarterback playing against 19 year olds. Okay, guess what? Guess what? That we don't have that anymore, but we do have that highly touted quarterback <clears throat> that you guys were always talking about what would happen if we had one of those. So now potentially we're going to have one of those starting for us. And I don't, I don't see why not. I don't, I don't see why not at all. We got some 
absolute animals coming in on the defensive side of the ball too. Just because you heard our old friend say this, winning is hard, injuries, anything can happen during mm-hmm. a season. Do they Are they the favorite? Yes. Do they have a very legitimate shot to wind up in Houston? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I'll tell you this. I, I'm a little worried about Michigan. Now, Harbaugh has said he's coming back. Now there's rumors that he may go to Denver because he, the talks are, are ramping up with them and, and the Waltons are going to throw out money. But Sean Payton. That too. Uh, no, Sean has, Payton's in Denver. Okay, that happened. Okay. So it... it uh, let's go. Let's go. Ahead. Harbaugh will be back for a ninth season or tenth season, but a lot of those guys have come back and said unfinished business. They could have. So Michigan will be talented. Will they be talented enough? That's all I'm saying. I, I think we could see a Georgia Michigan national title game. That would be great. Be better than fucking TCU. Jesus, what a. I mean, just awful, awful. Great for Georgia fans, but awful for anybody other football fan. But if Michigan it, and Ohio State stay very similar to what Michigan and Ohio State were this year. Uh you mm. you could look at those two versus two SEC teams very easily. Oh, and, yeah. and everybody's <clears throat> gonna throw in USC, but if USC loses one game, like nobody cares anymore. Yeah. No, uh, Georgia the the path for Georgia to get back is easy. But Kirby also said we've got to reinvent ourselves We've got to stay hungry. I, I don't think that entitlement or, or, or you know not being hungry creeps in yet because this is brand new for everyone, and there are young players there coming up that want to get their piece of the pie. I mean, they've been on the team, but now they're going to start, and they're guys that have been there as freshmen who will now be juniors who are like, I want a third when I'm hungry enough to go get a third. You know, Kirby's hungry enough, and, and they have that whole – you know, this hasn't been done before since 1938. They would be the first team to do it ever in the modern era. And sadly and unfortunately, I, I think they have a big reason to play for, for Devin and Chandler LaCroix. They lost them. That's another topic we'll touch on. But that's kind of something that might hit close to your heart and say, hey, let's dedicate this season to them. Let's go get it for them. That's tons of motivation. So I think the motivation is there, but it's a long season, man. It's just a long – I mean, you saw what happened to the 49ers. Garoppolo goes down. Brock Purdy gets in there. I think they had somebody else in between, and he does great. Then he tears a UCL, I think, or something, and then now they're on QB4, and you just don't know. Like, Bet could get hurt in the first game, so it's Vandegrift up. Then Vandegrift could go down, and then it's Gunner Stock. But you just don't know. Like, So, and again, I'm just still – It is very. it's so small now I can barely hear him. But that little, that little fucker's still there, man, that whispers in my ears like, hey, man, back-to-back is really awesome. We never thought we'd see this. Can we do three? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but now, you know, now it's the voice of reason and not the voice yeah. of doubt. I'll just say they have a, you know, the schedule's easy. But again, that schedule's easy, but who knows, man? Vanderbilt might beat us. South Carolina, uh, somebody laughed at me when I said these things, and I said, hey, man, anything can happen any week at any time. We saw it this year. We saw South Carolina and Spencer Rattler, who is not a good quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. They housed Tennessee. I mean, took them out behind the woodshed, pulled their pants down, and spanked their ass until it was red. That can happen to Georgia. You know, it, it just can. It, it's, it's all about chemistry, too, and how these guys react and play for one another now. All these people that have left, you know, the, the Jordan Davises and, 
And all these, you know, everybody that's left has said, hey, we're, we're going to make sure we come back. They, they, they have that parting message of, of this is what you do to win. This is how we do it. And don't fuck it up and let's keep it going. But I'm not going to sit here and crown them and say they'll be there. I'd say they have a very, oh yeah, very good chance. But, man, three-peat, I get it. The Bulls have done it. It's been done in hockey. I Yankees just, did it. Can't, I'll just say it, it, it can't not be done, but, man, that's a tall order. It is, and that's exactly that was exactly my point. It's, it's, it's improbable because it, it's never happened before, and there's been some really good teams that, that were going for <clears> the third. Yeah. And it just didn't happen. And not to say that it, it, it couldn't ever or it might not happen this year. It's just that the, the team and the talent is there uh, to go for it. Uh, it just may not happen. It may not yeah. go our way. I'll tell you, man, I, I did daydream at times, you know, over the drought. I said, man, what's going to happen is Georgia's going to rip off like four or five in a row. They're going to do something just so epic and historic. Maybe so. That would They've got two, but listen, man. <clears throat> the the other thing that I look at too is like how these players are getting developed. Because you see, like we're now starting to do that thing where like a couple of true freshmen every year mm-hmm. are coming in and lighting the world on fire. Michael Williams and and, and Malachi Starks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's but it but it's awesome. He played Starks played the most mm. snaps on defense all year of any yeah. other player, and. Williams led the team in sacks, but like these are the guys, and you you saw in the national championship game, we're losing we're losing Jalen, but like, did you see Bear? Yeah, do you see Bear in the national championship? I saw Michael Williams; he looked great. Oh yeah, but so I'm just I'm saying, not, like these are these are all our young guys are are ready. I'm not concerned uh, with that. I mean, the, the Georgia is now and always really has been a, a very good pipeline to the NFL. Uh, fun fact for the day, there's been a Georgia player on every Super Bowl roster <coughs> the last 22 years. Yep, since 2001. So, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about uh, Kirby having his guys prepared and, and coached up and ready to play. It's just so many, there's so many factors, so many moving parts and pieces. <laughs> you know, Kirby's smart. I mean, it's, he said it. You've heard him say it. It's hundreds of people involved in that program that make something happen every day from the water boy to the trainers to, you know, the recruit, everybody, it takes, it takes the whole village to do it. And it's, it ain't easy. And once you get up there, man, you know, it's lonely at the top, everybody's gunning for you. And you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to watch, but I, I'm just saying, Hey man, it sure would be nice. And I'll say this, I will go to Houston. I don't care if I get into the game, I'm going to try to do everything I can to get into that game. I don't care if I have to sit at a sports bar around the corner, but if we find ourselves January 9th or 11th or what, you know, first week or so of January next year in Houston and we win, everybody in the entire college football world can ingest an entire satchel of Richards and shut the fuck up for the rest of my life. Take a knee. You will never, ever be able to talk trash to me ever again because I'll just look at you and say, hey, we're the first college football team since the Minnesota Golden Gophers in 1938, which doesn't even count to three-peat. We just did something no team in college sports has ever done. Somebody will probably say there's a lacrosse team out there somewhere or a swim team or Georgia Gymnastics. Maybe they won three national titles in a row, but no. In the realm of major college athletics, no one will have ever done it, not even Nick Saban. I don't want to hear it. 
that brings me to the next thing that you said. This fucking shit about Stetson Bennett being 25 <laughs> and playing against 19-year-olds. Uh, Let me tell you something, yeah. Jack. You can be 30 and run out there, and those 19-year-old kids will light you up. They are grown men, mm-hmm. grown, big, huge, strong kids. Being 25 doesn't have anything to do with it. Number two, I can understand if Georgia did something weird or there was some paperwork or some violations or something, but no, he redshirted, he left, he came back, he got a COVID year, he he didn't do anything wrong. This is a guy who said from the time he was a child and even his own mother would be like, what are you doing, Stetson? Getting ready for the championship. That's all he ever wanted to do was be Georgia's quarterback and win a national title. And he did it twice. That's all the kids ever done is win. And they were like, well, now you can take the chip off your shoulder. Well, no, he can't. Because <laughs> now they're saying he'll never be good in the NFL. Yeah. And I don't give a damn what you say. Could it be like a Tom Brady type situation where if he gets with the right program, he could be successful? Absolutely. But look, everything he's went through, everything he had to go through, even the even Todd Munkin and Kirby Smart themselves said they tried to run him off. They told him you should probably go somewhere else. They tried to bury him in the system, and all he did is he kept coming back and he kept hanging around and he took the job and he did something that no other Georgia quarterback, no other Georgia player has done in the history of the program. Went fifteen and zero. What is he? Twenty nine and one in two seasons and won two national titles. Got nominated for a Heisman. He is the greatest Bulldog player in the history of that college. Period. Nobody comes close. Sorry, Herschel. Sorry, Buck. Sorry, Lindsey. You rattle off any Fran Tarkin. I don't care. He's the best ever. He will have a statue out in front of Sanford Stadium sooner rather than later. And if you think he can't go to the NFL, watch. Watch what happens. It's going to happen. He's going. He's going to get drafted. I bet a guy the other day $1,000. He's like, he won't get drafted. I said, yes, he will. He most certainly, I don't care if he's Mr. Irrelevant, Stetson Bennett's going to get drafted. So leave him alone. I don't know what, and I think that's why he's salty because, like, what the fuck else does he have to do to earn a little respect? Oh, no. That's, he, he has every right. That's why I don't. Anytime anybody has anything to say about him, I'm like, what is, what, what's your problem? All, he, all he's done is, is a winner. And anytime you have a, anybody chasing a dream or a young child, you tell them, don't ever give up. Cause look what this guy did by sure. not giving up. And number two, there's a Brandon Whedon. There's a Chris Winkie. There's a guy in Oregon right now, starting his eighth year of eligibility. Eight. If you got a problem with that, call the NCAA. TCU's but this stupid bullshit about Stetson being twenty. What is that? But well, no, it's because they have nothing else to say. You just took the words right out of my mouth. But uh, you know, I don't. It's just it's the most ridiculous. You remember the first year was that he 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 was he sucked and he was a game manager and the only reason we won was because of our defense. And then when that defense all left for the NFL, then it was he's twenty five. It, it's okay, man. That is so... I, I just can't anybody with a straight face say, well, if he's 25... That doesn't have anything to do with it. Because you literally have nothing else you can say. So, and I'm just fine. saying... That's that's awesome, but it, it doesn't make me really feel bad for Stetson. 
It's just really fucking annoying. Yeah. Well, here's the next thing. Yes, he got in a little trouble. And I'm not trying to say it's not a big deal, but it really isn't. He's a millionaire. Stetson Bennett right now is a millionaire. He signed a million-dollar NIL deal. God only knows what else has come his way since he is officially free of the NCAA. He's been out in Texas working pro days and getting ready for the draft. He's 25 years old. He's got a load of free time and a bunch of money. And at 25, I don't know why they're making all these old jokes. He's a 25-year-old kid. He's a 25-year-old man, but when I was 25, they always, oh, he's still a baby. Oh, he's still a kid. What do you think would happen to you and I when we were that age if we were Stetson Bennett and had all that money? I'd be arrested. I, I don't know that I'd be here right Real now. Real quick. So let me say this. You know, he had a, he out he was out partying. Yeah, big fucking deal. He had some belts. You know, he was out knocking on doors. He says he was trying to find his buddy's place. You know, I, I made the joke he was out looking for the TCU defense still. <laughs> but g- get off it. They're like, oh, his draft stock's hurt. And they're like, oh, he needs to take a personal assessment. Has anybody ever heard of Josh fucking Gordon? Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Johnny Manziel? I mean, it's it, that's why he's salty, because he can't do anything without somebody having something to say. I don't know why they hate him so much. It's okay. He's it's- just a good old dude from South Georgia that has brought Georgia. I mean, you're never going to be able to talk Georgia football without saying the name Stetson Bennett. When I, I think the people had like such a the, the people got a sour taste in their mouth about his speech at the the parade. Honestly, I think it just all hit him. Yeah. Well, on, on top of he the has fact to that- leave Georgia, the place he loves more than anything. He's been going there since he was a boy. He 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 did the unthinkable. He did the impossible. He did something that he honestly, in his wildest dreams, I don't think he ever saw happening. And I think it was the realization of he couldn't believe it. And it's over, and he's just tired of the talk. Well, and he didn't know what else to say. That's screw it. We got two national titles, whatever. Right. Well, it, but half of that was half of our fan base. Yeah. That's the problem. I think that's the problem. Like, what what else do you want from me? You're still talking shit, and we just came back with our, our second national championship in a row. It puts us, the first one put us in rarefied air. This one's got us breathing real clean. Was it Florida, Alabama, and us? Florida, Alabama, USC, and us. Yeah, I forgot about USC. So not very many people have gone back to back. Wait, that, no, it's not Florida. Florida did it. I thought, uh, I thought either. There's a split year. Okay. I just thought somewhere in the Werfel, Tebow, Spurrier, uh, Urban Meyer, there's somewhere four, they though. they did two in a row. I forget who the last. I thought team they is. did, but anyway, that's beside the point. It, it's just you know, and and we're going to talk about Ohio State too. These guys are butt hurt, boy. I mean, butthurt. You, see, you saw the Ryan Day comments today. Yeah, he needs he needs some more <clears throat> clarification. I don't. And again, I commented on how it. How football he, works. Here's the clarification. And this stupid kicker Noah Runnels, who said you should thank me. No, we don't have to fucking thank you. We can thank the coaching staff and the rest of your team for not being closers. You ever seen the movie Glengarry Glen Ross? They don't get no coffee. Yeah, coffee's for closers, and they didn't close. The reason why Ohio State lost that game was because they couldn't close out the game. Georgia outscored them 18-3 to and had to rely on the leg of the kicker, and he choked. Choked out and kicked the ugliest field goal I've ever seen. And by the way, that wasn't targeting. Even Marvin Harrison Jr. said it wasn't. And I watched the game, 
Watch the replay, then watched it after that. He led with his shoulder. He didn't lead with his head. And by the way, after about the first 20 minutes, Marvin Harrison was a non-issue. Everybody saw Paul Feinbaum rip that guy on the air, a new asshole from Ohio State. Marvin Harrison was a non-factor long before that hit ever happened. So get over yourself. But Keely Ringo is trash. <laughs> did, did Ohio State deserve to win that game? Yes, they played their guts out. They play, And I said this, I said Ohio State's got to play their best game all season. And they did. Oh. C.J. Stroud played arguably the best game of his collegiate career. And it still wasn't enough. Georgia did. They had a little bit. Lady Luck was riding with them. Vince was there. You know, Charlie Trippy, he was there. Come on. You know, it's just, I think it was just in the stars. And Georgia came back, man. They, a, they hung it, around. It was tough. It was a good mind you, football game. Do you, do you know who was really, really lights out? To bring us back, uh, Stetson yeah. Bennett. Yeah, I mean, he's he's hung in there. He's stuck in there, you know. And it's just haters, man. I, and, and it's so crazy because if this was Alabama or Clemson or Florida or, or whoever you're a t- fan of, you'd be saying the same shit. And I don't know why everybody is trying to sully this for us and and tarnish it. And you and here's the thing, you can talk for the next thousand years. It cannot be done. Everybody wants to talk about, well, if Minchie doesn't get hurt or blah, blah, blah. That's the game of fucking football, man. I know I'm, I'm cursing a lot, but I am worked up because I, I I've been thinking about this for a month. I like, up I'm aggression. ready to get up back on the mic and, and set some shit straight. But, hey, man, that's the game of football. It's not my fault that that's all Alabama had. It's not my fault that's all Ohio State had, and he still wasn't even a factor. Now, when it when it first started, I was like, "Shit, man, we gotta, we better figure that out." Or the storyline's going to be Harrison torches Georgia. He did. He torched us in one quarter. Yeah, but and, and that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense why people are throwing so much shade and so much hate at Georgia. I didn't. I don't understand it. I really don't, and it irritates me. But you, you're never going to ruin this for us. You're never going to sully it. Oh yeah, because it's next man up. Hey, you know what? If Georgia didn't win the national title this year, we could have easily been like, well, we lost 15 guys. It didn't matter to them. We didn't have Nolan Smith. All they did was say, fuck it. We've got to play. Next man up. Somebody get in here. We got to perform. That's all they did. I don't want to hear that. And, 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 and this, uh, if ifs and buts were sugar and nuts, what a Merry Christmas we'd all have. If John Mechie. If, 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 if. Well, it did happen. It happened. So where was the guy that, that, you know, sitting in the room taking notes, busting his ass on the field and in practice and in the gym to get better to say, if Mechie goes down, you can count on me. Yeah, 10, 10 out of the last 13 years with the number one recruiting class. Yeah. And you're telling me you only had three receivers that knew how to play football? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what the thing. It could have happened to Georgia. You, you, you carry on. Injuries happen all day, every day. Guys play – Dinged up, twisted ankles, bruises, bone spurs, all the stuff. Look at our it's receiving core all year. They're- yeah. So eat a dick on that one, too. Don't give me this crap of wolf so-and-so. Doesn't well, it did. I mean, what are we doing here? Like, seriously, just suck it up and get used to the fact that I – and I, I've texted you this a couple of times uh, during the national championship game, but Dynasty Mode has been engaged that my still my favorite text was like, man, I knew this was going to happen as soon as that man said aggression. Yeah, I will say this. I, I mean, Mark, uh, I'll, I'll give you the exact thing that that went down. So, I wanted to go to L.A. I couldn't. Just wasn't in the cards. I was kind of a little bummed about it. But I got phone calls from 
some good friends. Uh, hey, do you want to come by the house? Or, hey, we're going to be up here. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I don't think I want to drink. And I don't want to be out late and be hungover at work the next day. That sounds absolutely miserable these days. I used to do it all the time back in the day, but I'm older now. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go do IT cybersecurity stuff half hungover. Staring at a computer screen. But I'm also very superstitious. And my buddies, uh, Carter and Reeves, you know, we get this, we get a little text thing going during big games or really any Georgia game and, and Braves game. Uh, and they're like, man, are you ready to, you ready to go back into the bathroom? Cause last year at Bama, our buddy, I'll tell this story another time, but Carter, when things go South, he always goes to the kitchen. And last year it was like, Robert, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I got a half bath down here. And if I sit on the seat, I can see the TV. So I went in there and George started coming back and they won the national title. So I put on the same clothes. I sat in the same spot. And I ate the same thing, and I watched it by myself, just like last year at home. And I said, I, I, I got to. I got to do it. So I get my brats ready, and I got my gear on, and I'm turning it on the pregame. And I sit down on the couch, and here's Holly Rowe. You know, they're talking to the coaches, and she goes, Coach, uh, what would you like to see from your team, and what are the keys to, to winning this game tonight? And he looked dead into the camera and said, aggression. And I texted my brother-in-law, and I said, we're about to kick the shit out of these guys, man. <laughs> yeah, I no, said, it's... I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, I, I said, this, they are dialed in. They're ready. A couple people texted me after you know they had that blown coverage, and they were like, hold up, Robert. And I was like, uh-uh, man. We will not be denied. Did I think 65 to 7? No, I didn't. But I was like, we will not be denied. I said, there, I, I said <laughs> if ever that was a lead pipe locked, it's now. I mean, I just knew it in the, from the bottom of my soul. I was like, uh, he said that, and I was like, it's game over. Oh, man. TCU is, a, is walking into a shit storm. When they started eating chicken wings on the sideline, brother, that is just, that was yeah. the, like the most magical thing I saw. Was, when I saw that after the game, I'm like, you have got to be shitting me. Yeah. This is my favorite football moment of all time. And not to mention, you brought you brought the wings to the offensive line. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's Georgia just has that swagger now, that confidence, the everything. The, everything you need to be a championship program is, is here in Georgia. And we all owe Nick Saban a debt of gratitude. Now, there's all these people that have been like, well, he didn't learn it from Saban. He learned it from, from Sonny, which is his father. That may be true. Sure, sure Sonny Smart was a was a high school football coach, pretty darn good one, you know, tough guy, you know, all that. But I'm sorry. If Kirby Smart never meets Nick Saban, none of this happens. Well, Period. It, it may happen. It's just but the the track is different. Nick Saban taught Kirby Smart about the business of college football. And the blueprint. Now Kirby had to take it over here and implement it. And sure. He probably did some tweaks and whatnot, but I'm sorry. I'm not saying Kirby Smart would not be coaching college football. I'm not saying he wouldn't be good, but what I am saying is if you don't think for one minute, and people have denied this, and it's so stupid, I don't get it. How can you deny he was the right-hand man Why would you from deny? LSU to the Miami Dolphins to the Alabama Crimson Tide? Kirby Smart was there for 11 years, and there's if you sit – Man, if I was in the same room as Eric Repair or Marco Pierre White or Tony Bourdain or any of those guys for 11 years, what kind of chef you think I'd be? Gangster. Fucking amazing. <laughs> so what do you think Kirby Smart did for 11 years of his life? Got for gangster. 11 Liz years of his life, he talked football and learned football every day from the greatest college football coach the world has ever known and probably will ever see. I mean, unless Kirby takes him. And he could. 
It could happen. He's good. He's very good. He's a good motivator. He's a good administrator. He's a good people leader. All those things. I don't know who the hell keeps leaking his pregame speeches either, but like. You know, I'm on the fence about that. Part of me is like, that's really cool, but part of me is like, all right, who the fuck's doing this? No, that's the thing. Like, man, thank you for letting me hear it, but like, stop. Yeah. Like, like, that's that's for you guys. Yeah, that's not for us to hear. That's what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. So I'm like, hey, man. You know, it is it is awesome because I'll tell you, man, it's just – and that wasn't – and everybody knows this by now, but that was not the TCU game. That was the Alabama game, uh, the beginning, when we beat them last year. That was before they were headed out to the field. But I'm telling you, man, I've listened to that thing about 100 times in the Florida one too, and I just get up. I've told you, I was like, Oklahoma drills in the parking lot of the podcast studio. Yeah. I'm going to hit somebody. We're going we're gonna to go hit. But, again, he's dialed in, man. He's just dialed in and, and – Georgia is going to win. Honestly, I don't see why if he stays the full term of his contract, which I think he will. I just don't think Kirby cares about the NFL. I think he's happy in Athens. He's raising his children there. You know, uh, his son is 10. He has two or three kids, and they're all, you know, pretty young. I think, honestly, if he three-peated – I don't think he'd leave, but long story short, Kirby's there for as long as he wants to be there. And if he works the full term of that contract, what was it, 10 or 12 years? I don't see any any less than five trophies in that cabinet. Well, but why? And I don't I don't know Kirby personally, but, I mean, unless you have an aspiration, like if, if you do win five and you're like, shit, I wonder if I could do this in the NFL. But he, he was on the Saban train. You know what I mean? He, yeah. He, he did that thing. So unless that's like an actual aspiration or something that he really wants to do, there's literally no reason for him to leave Georgia until he's done. I mean, honestly, I, I see it being like a Saban thing or, or a Joe Paterno thing. I, I, you know, he's from Bainbridge. He played at Georgia. It was his dream. He almost went to South Carolina, but this was his dream job. And now he's boy he's real close but i don't want to give it to him yet but by the time he's done he's going to be the greatest coach in the history he's going to surpass vince i don't think vince will mind no you know um vince so is, vince I, is glad I think, he got to see some of it you know what i yeah, mean yeah i i think you know uh i think he's here a long time i, I don't he's never really mentioned it I, I haven't seen any media about him talking about the nfl he had a cup of coffee with the colts and you know played with manning uh for a little bit but he didn't have much of a pro career. Um, he, he was on staff in Miami with the Dolphins. Uh, I, I think Kirby's one of those people that you hear some of those other coaches, I don't want to coach grown millionaires. I don't, is he one of those people? I don't know, now but he, I, I feel he like can, he – He can my, coach young millionaires. Well, that's true too. Well, this <laughs> NIL bullshit has got to get under control real quick. I don't. It's going to ruin the sport if we're not careful. That idiot down at Florida, you know, $13 million <laughs> – what a dumb shit. That kid's now that kid's playing for Arizona State. Yeah, I just you know, there has to be some sort of oversight. There has to be like Saban just said piss off to a kid who wanted to get his uh girlfriend into school, like some sort of law school in Alabama and wanted like half a million. He's like, No, I'm not doing that. It's Take not, a hike. That's not how it works. So there definitely has to be some oversight because we cannot have nineteen, twenty year olds driving Bentleys up to practice and having CBAs and you know, yes, if, if someone buys a card with their autograph, they should get some money, a jersey. Name, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But it, it's, you know, kids are – somebody's going to get hurt. 
It's just going to happen. Something bad is going to happen. You cannot give a 19-year-old millions of dollars and make him, you know, not have to really go to class. Like, it's something bad will happen. There will be something bad. And I mean, somebody will get hurt physically. I mean, something. You just, they, they, there has to be some sort of cap or like rookie symposium when they go to the NFL. They talk finances and everything. I, I think it should be put in a trust and you get an allowance, you know, a comfortable allowance because you are putting your body on the line. They're fully insured, but yeah, but then you know you're we're talking about the way the way things are right now. Like if they don't, they're not careful. Like we're talking about contracts. Yeah, we're talking about contracts and unions and all sorts of shit that's going to pop up, or it's going to have to pop up in order to keep it under control. But there's also going to be no parity, and there's not really much parity now. It's only going to get worse, and and I don't want to see. Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Texas, U.S. I don't want to see the same teams duking it out every year. I would love to see, you know, and I'm just going to throw a name because it was the first one that popped in my head. I'd love to see the North Carolina Tar Heels win a national title. But they can't do it if it gets crazy. Like, you know how much oil money's in Texas? Sure. Sweet Jesus. Everybody talks about how... How's uh, that working for them? Yeah, everybody talks about how Jimbo will never get fired because of the buyout. And I'm like, man... There's oil guys out there that have that in a spend account. <laughs> they they That's all drop in the Jimbo's bucket. like, oh, oh, I can't get fired. Watch me go get Bobby Petrino. Yeah. So that that's what it's gonna it's gonna get bad. I just don't Can we can we talk about that for two seconds? Can we talk about what a piece of shit Bobby Petrino is? Yeah. Didn't he sign with UNLV and then a couple weeks later just ditch them and go to Texas A&M? Well, I mean, he left the keys in the in the mailbox and a post-it note on the door at the Georgia Dome. Sure. So, you know, I mean, he had, nobody's shocked, but like, yeah. Jesus. He, he had dalliances with co-eds and wrecked his motorcycle and this and that and the other, and yeah, piss off. Mm. Bobby Petrino is without a doubt... Well, not the biggest dirt bag because the biggest dirt bag in all of football is Urban Meyer. Uh, the, 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 that guy's career and image are, are enshrined in triage. There's no getting out. He's not recovering. I mean, he'll he'll be back on TV. I'm sure if he wasn't this year, I didn't see him. But yeah, he is, he has ruined his image. He's a, he's a, he's a world class pos. But <clears throat> yeah, so I, I guess I got all my Georgia stuff out of the way. Um, yeah, I don't think I have great too much to else be to back. Say, but yeah, it is. It's it's good to be back on the mic, and it's kind of like going to the gym. You want to go back to the gym, and you think about it, and you have a, your bags by the door, or it rains, or whatever. You just don't feel like it. But as soon as you open the door and you hit the treadmill on the sauna, you're like, oh yeah, all right, yeah, I'm in there. Um, well, and we we didn't tell the lovely people at home about how we got all our shit straight in the studio. We got our stuff set up. We We got the cameras in. Yeah. Third camera. They have a cool, you can't see it, but you will. There's a corner over here now with our, uh, our mixer and, and our switch to control camera angles. We got our monitors. Uh, we're going to be here Friday night with Jared. Uh, we think so. We, we spoke with him today to get it all set up and get it fired off. And yeah, we're, we were. I, I sent out a tweet. I said, "Man, nothing can stop the freight train that's believing Atlanta sports." So we're gonna be. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna get. We're gonna get back in there. It's just. It's hard. And and I'm not mad about it at all. But we we do this for free. We we don't generate any income from this right now. So sometimes it does have to take a back seat to our actual real paying jobs. And and it's also just you just weird, gotta rack man. up some sky miles traveling <clears throat> the country and watching sports. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. So. You know, it just kind of, but we're back. It only took us, well, we six weeks. Let's call, we took six weeks off. 
Uh, and it was a long six weeks, but I guess other than that, you know, just we're going to try to go live and, and not try, we will go live. And I know we've been talking about it. I think we just got started and we got so excited, you know, we were just, you know, we, we were like a Tommy boy with the pretty little pet and we probably, you know, said some things that were a little too, little too far out in the future, but yeah, we, uh, Oh, it's coming though. It is coming. We are all set. Uh, we'll be back on a regular basis, but man, it's been so much fun. The only thing now is I can't see how long we've been talking because <laughs> we can go, we can rip off some, uh, some time here, it but looks like we hit our hour, but, um, <clears throat> another good thing too, is now we are less than two weeks away from spring training. My friends Pitchers and catchers, pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's day. Everybody keeps asking why there's a, what, what are we going to do about the hole at shortstop? And there is no hole at shortstop. Vaughn Grissom, he's the guy. Ron Washington loves him. I think AA is a little skeptical, but if Wash says he's good to go, he's good to go. You know, and if you look at him and Dansby's numbers, they're pretty darn close. So, um, uh, it's going to be you know left field Ozuna. What do you you know what are you going to do? Um, there's a few question marks, but I, I think the Braves are primed for another championship run and. We got Snit back for uh, another, I think they extended him through 2025. So a few more seasons, which means we have a few more seasons to uh, listen to the idiots out there tell us what a horrible manager he is. And I'll never understand that. Braves country, you know who I'm talking about. If you're listening, you know who you are. You have, you have slandered him and, and said bad things and questioned his judgment and all that. And I'm like, who are you to question Brian Snitker's judgment? He's a 40-year baseball man, and he brought a world title back to the to Atlanta. So until he proves otherwise, let him do his job, and you do your job as a fan and show up and support him and support the team regardless of the decisions they make because they're just trying to do the best job they can to put a quality product on the field. So when you go down to the stadium and spend a bunch of money, you don't feel as bad. Um. So it's going to be exciting to see where we go. I mean, we, we are locked in. Uh, the shift goes away. All robot umpires in AAA this year. I do not like this. I hate that. I do not. I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't. And, you know, and I say I have that love-hate relationship with baseball where I got really pissed during COVID that they were arguing over, you know, billionaires arguing with millionaires when I said you should have just got your ass out there and played like Chipper said. But I swear to God, they can't take the human element that is umpires out of the game. They can't. Yeah, that's not <clears throat> slippery slope, man. I don't like it. I don't like it, man. I hope players, fans, something. I hope I hope attendance drops. I hope viewership drops. I hope I hope they see how completely ridiculous it is. It's been happening for years. Arguing balls and strikes and 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 miscues, you know, and Everybody will probably always point to that perfect game the guy had with the White Sox, and the guy blew it. The, the first base umpire blew the call, absolutely 100% blew the call. But I'm sorry, I don't want a robot back there with a robotic strike zone. Like, you know, it's it's up to the judgment of the of the, of the the ump. He calls the balls and strikes, and he's going to squeeze you sometimes. He's going to get generous, you know. It's nuance of the game, man. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't. Everybody's making these jokes about the bases being bigger. You know what? You're not even going to be able to tell. I want to see one person that's going to look at a major league diamond this year and go, "Oh yeah, they're definitely bigger." You're not, it's it's we're talking millimeters here. It's not even it's not going to be even be noticeable. I don't I don't I don't like the church league softball rule where you put a man you know man on second. I hate but, that. Um, I'm excited, man. 
Braves are going to rock and roll it this year. There's questions, uh, some minor questions with starting pitching. You know, what's Soroka's, they say he's full force, ready to go. They say Ronnie's ready to go. You know, what's Soroka going to look like? What's his stuff going to be like? Ian Anderson. Um, but we got our, we got our staples. Um, you know, what's Rosario going to do? What's Ozuna going to do? How are we going to look? You know, what's Olsen going to do now that the shift is gone? That's what I'm most excited about is seeing how those batting averages uh, fare with the shift being gone. And uh, it's just going to make the game – and I know there's going to be more runs scored. Everybody likes scoring. But it's just going to be like before. It's going to make defenders have to be better at their job. We're really going to see how many shortstops are really as good as they are without the shift, you know. Ripken, Ripken played a lot of baseball without a shift. We're going to see, especially shortstop and second base, and what kind of range these infielders really have, you know. Because I'm so – I mean, I just – it got to – for me, the shift got to be really boring when a guy would step up to the plate and he would just – or the third baseman's playing second base and the second baseman's pulled in, you know, deep into the uh, infield, and then it's just stupid. I didn't like it. I don't like it. I was uh, I was actually talking to our good friend Mr. Sellers. Uh he's he seems to think that this is going to be a complete annihilation year for Acuña. And I mean, he's and, back. And speaking of him, we got a quick shout out to John Allen and uh Zach. It's our New Zealand um our biggest fans in New Zealand right now. Heck yeah. I kind of want to call uh, Jamie sometime, and not because he reminds me of him or anything, but remember Crazy Larry from the Muppet Show? He was from New Zealand, and he always has the dynamite and the fish. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. I've, i got to talk uh, to him about his Halloween costume. But thanks, thank you, New Zealand, for tuning in and listening. And uh, it's been a while. I haven't even looked at our YouTube channel. <laughs> it's, that thing's been dead for a few months, but it's coming back. Uh, like we said, we are... Uh, I wanted to I wanted to queue up the uh the lethal weapon line from like lethal weapon two or three when when Leo comes back and he's like we're back and he's like and and Mel Gibson is like yeah we are back you're bad he's black we're back because <laughs> we are back and it, and it feels reunited and it feels so good and Hell uh, yeah you know I I don't want to go too much longer because we don't want to like I said I said before we hit hit roll. I didn't, I didn't want to hit you with like a three hour podcast, but we surely could. Cause man, oh man. Uh, I think so probably, much to talk about. Yeah. Falcons, Hawks, the Hawks, man, it's been a roller coaster ride of a season of, 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 uh, it seems like the owner is Don't uh, open that door, giving his son a play toy and he has no business. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep the lid on that. Uh, you hot take Falcons fans who have such a Lamar Jackson boner. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Y'all get um, me get me kicked out of Facebook groups. Yeah, you did. I, I you texted me last night. I was like, "That's awesome," because that's what uh, of of all the sports teams we have. I think Falcons fans, some of them are are more due for a punch in the mouth than just about anybody else in the state of Georgia. Because some of you are just morons, morons, complete idiots. And I'm not saying you're not entitled to enjoy your team how you want to enjoy your team or say whatever you want to say. But you can't just say shit and not be held accountable for it. Well, it just like, but that's what everybody gets to do. Everybody gets to just say shit and then not like, anymore. Not be, not and, not on believe not. in Atlanta sports. You can no. say it, no. but we're gonna call you out and call you an idiot. We're gonna call you a moron. We're gonna say we love you, but we're also gonna be like, what what is your problem? It's the, the tough love show. Did you eat lead paint, lead based paint as a kid? Is that what happened? 
because you're Why? brain damaged. You know? Why? It's just stupid. This it's the whole the whole the whole well did did he do enough to keep the starting job? Did Desmond Ritter do enough? <laughs> Four games, man. Get off his uh, nuts. Get he, off Desmond Ritter's he nuts. He beat Tom Brady. Get off get off Stetson Bennett's nuts. You know, get off these guys' nuts. And, and, and again, Terry, Terry uh, Fontenot now has about $56 million to spend in the offseason. And he hasn't even reworked contract yet. So uh, you, I still would love nothing more than to see the Falcons snag Stetson Bennett in the late rounds if they can. Fingers crossed. That's a, that is a huge, huge, like, wish. And I'm wish telling list. you, I, I think the next big-time stud quarterback in the NFL is somebody I've already talked about, and I like him. Now he's projected to go number one, Will Levis. Remember that name. Now, you can come back in a few years and, and you know, nana-nana booby if you want, but I think he's going to be something special. I think he's going to be good. He reminds me he's big, mobile. He's got an arm. He can take a hit in the pocket. He reminds me of Roethlisberger a little bit, and I think he's going to be I think he's gonna be good. Falcons have no chance of getting him because, of course, Eh, you know, we wanted to see good football, but as always, the Falcons are just good enough <laughs> to not get it's, a, a stellar It's, it's top the bitch five. of it. Yeah. It is, but um, hopefully, man, hopefully another good draft. You know how I feel. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking quarterback at all. But The best thing about this season, and I, I hate that I missed it, I just couldn't. I, I have no school on Sundays. I have no work on Sundays. So in 2023, the Jordan year, I am finally going to make my debut at the Bird Gang tailgate. We're going to have Falcon. I didn't get any Falcons wings this year. Not a single one. That's a crime. Travesty. Travesty. So I'm going to get Falcons wings this year. I'm going to go to uh, a few games. I can't. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to attend all the home games, but I'm going to go to some, and I'm going to be out there. We might even do a live podcast, but uh, – yeah, so much to talk about. We missed you guys. And, and again, like I said, it's just uh, we, we adulting sucks sometimes, man. Adulting sucks. I, I had a lot of free time when I was in school and working part-time getting ready. But now I'm a, I'm a 9 to 6 Monday through Friday. But I'm here on a Wednesday evening because I want to be. Because uh, there just has to be uh, there has to be some accountability in Atlanta sports. There has to be a voice of reason. But there also has to be somebody to bitch slap some of you fuckers and put you in your place. And I don't mean to, I'm fired up and I don't, I do mean that, but I'm just. That's what happens when you don't have, this podcast is a release valve. Yeah. I've just read so much ridiculous stuff from, from, and again, I love Atlanta. I love it. I love our sports team, but man, I really have a problem with our fan base and I'm here to just call you out and tell you to shut up. Like be more, uh, help. You're the wordsmith. Help me out. Be more, uh, better. Be more better. More better is a good one, but I, I don't know. Like, get out of your – I've said this before. Get out of your feels. Look at the game a little like, more objectively. Yeah, big picture this thing with us sometimes. Yeah, big picture, not just like – It's not a video game. It's really not exactly, a video game. Exactly. Like, everybody wants to go full Madden, and I don't know why everybody – I mean, is Lamar Jackson good? Yes. Is he going to win the Super Bowl for the Falcons? Nope. I, I will put I'd put I'd put every nickel in my bank account right now, and it's a pretty pretty penny in there. That I don't care if he and everybody is projecting him to come here because it just fits or whatever. 
But the Falcons don't go to the Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. And, I'm I, sorry. and I, I love the conversation. I love having the conversation. Like, oh man, you know, if we went and got Lamar Jackson, this would this could happen and that could happen, and he would attract people to come to Atlanta. But like, if I say I would rather not mortgage our future, yeah, on Lamar Jackson, knowing that we're gonna have to sign him long term, and I. I would just rather like build through the draft, see what we have in Desmond Ritter before we go grab yeah, a two hundred million dollar, three hundred million. Because everybody's like, we'll just we'll just trade for him. And I messaged you. I was like, we don't have anything to trade. And you said draft picks, and I was like, there you go. We can't afford that. Yeah, right now. like that's the Falcons have more problems than just quarterback. You know, I honestly think seeing what I saw, if given a fair shake. You give him some protection and a couple of weapons. He's already got Algiers. Algiers sure likes, looks like he's going to be a bell cow for the Falcons. Sure looks like he's going to be the real deal, a running back we can rely on, our A number one guy. And you give him a Drake London and a Kyle Pitts and some defense. I don't see why the Falcons can't win with Desmond Ritter. Seven games. Seven games <laughs> decided by seven points or less. Yeah. We can't flip three of them. Exactly. Maybe four of them. Yeah, I, if we I, I improve you know. our team a different way, if we draft well, and then we use some of our money to get some some veterans in here on the offensive line and hopefully defensive line. Yeah, and that's what's dumb is like he, the guy played four games and they're ready to write him off. And I'm like, what the? Why is the NFL? And we talked about four this games last night. with no Kyle Pitts. Just think about that. Four yeah. games with and a rookie wide receiver in Drake London, a poor a, a, a better that was getting doubled, a better offensive line, but not a great one. And a poor defense. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, we could, with a lot of injuries. We so we, we could go down. We could talk about that all day long. But like the, I, I really, I just hope that like one way or the other, whether it works out or not, you stick with the kid for a year to find out. Because either way, either way, you you learn something next year, and you can make your team better. And if he's not your guy at the end of the year, and I'll say this till I'm blue in the face: your fucking football team is going to be better for the next guy that comes. in. Yeah. For God's sakes. Make a trade. You want to you want to get another rookie quarterback? Signing, whatever. God. I, I said when he got drafted and all this, and he said he's going to bring a Super Bowl to Atlanta. I was like, whoa, Cowboy. Chill out, player. Chill out. You know, like that's a bold statement. And I even said I didn't think he had what it took. But I saw enough in the last four games to go, okay, give him a shot. He was mobile. He made some accurate passes. He's got a strong arm. He seems like he's got the brain. You know, he seems like he's got those football smarts, you know, to do it. So I'm 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 riding with him. Ritter's my guy right now. So I don't think we need Lamar Jackson. I don't I don't want him here. God bless you. I don't care where you go. I mean, maybe you work it out in, in, in Baltimore and you stay, but I don't want you here. I don't think we need him here. I, I all and you said it yourself a couple of times. All it's gonna do is put butts in seats. And I don't want butts in seats. I want a championship. I don't want, you know. What, I'd what, like both to occur naturally. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, is Arthur Blank like, hey, let's get Lamar in here and we'll generate some revenue and we'll get some? You know, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't want him here. I don't dislike Lamar Jackson. No, I don't know Lamar Jackson. Was he amazing at Louisville? Wow, he's like video game good. Sure, and he, he's been he's been good in Baltimore. He's been really good. MVP good. Like there, it's nothing. It's not a knock on Lamar. It's again. How many playoff big, wins has he got? Big picture. I don't. Yeah. Exactly. How many Super Bowls has he been to? Yep. Exactly. How many other people have been to Super Bowls since Lamar's been in the league? Exactly. I don't know why everybody thinks there's so many Falcons fans out there that think there's a magic pill. That just turns us around overnight. 
There's not. It, it, I'm telling you, look back over the history of rebuilds. We've said it on this show before. This is one of the nastiest, ugliest, dirtiest, filthiest, stankiest, rottenest, trash juice, <laughs> you know, garbage rebuilds in the history of the NFL. It is a dumpster fire in Atlanta. And I, I think people are like, well, you guys aren't the like the Jets or the Browns or blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, sure. We it's we've we've had some really good years in the in in the recent past, but uh big picture, this portion right here where it's all coming to an end and we're in cap hell and we're reworking all this stuff and we've got we've got fans just annihilating our coaching staff and our our GM and uh, literally all they're doing these are people and I know there's not that many jobs available in the NFL 32 jobs for both of those guys but they chose Atlanta yeah. knowing what they were getting into yeah. so this is a place where they can they can get us through the bad time and hopefully usher in the good times we got to stick with them though, because if you get rid of somebody in the middle of this process, the next person coming in, it it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't Fal- make any sense. Falcons football was bad from 1966 until Jerry Glanville got here in the early 90s and in, in prime. They had some decent seasons, but overall, the Falcons were a joke. 66, 76, 86, all those years in between, the Falcons were bad. Had some decent – Jeff Van Nope, the Hammer, Scott Case, Primetime. We had some decent players, but the Falcons didn't really start getting taken seriously until Glanville rolled in and had some playoff success. Dan Reeves takes us to the first Super Bowl in franchise history in 98. We lose to Elway and the Broncos. And then and then we start – you know, uh, Smith, Mike Smith, had some good solid years with us, and Dan Quinn. So, yeah, in the last, you know, 20 years or so – Hey, the Falcons have been to more Super Bowls since the Cowboys. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> we got two, you bastards. <laughs> them boys. Them boys, you guys are awful. I don't know why you guys think Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott are the cure. To... Dak Prescott's just as good as Tony Romo was in the postseason now. I don't I don't think a lot of them think that anymore. He's not. He's not the guy. And I said Prescott's a good athlete, but he's not the guy. He's they not. all know the Cowboys will be the the Cowboys have an opportunity to be good when Jerry stops. When he's dead, doing his thing. When Jerry Jones dies, because until then he'll never stop sticking his beak in. He no shit about football. I mean, he does. He you know he, he I think he played a little at Arkansas. Maybe well, with he the, he knows more than the average person. But yeah, he. But should should he be in charge of rosters and all that? Nope. Literally. Never. Sit in your booth, drink your little drink in your owner's booth, and let us fucking do it. You know, stay out of here. You don't see you don't see Arthur doing that. Arthur knows better. I have a feeling we're gonna be just cranking these episodes out for these guys. Yeah, man, it's uh, I've got lots to talk about. Yeah, we could go on for uh, so much longer, but I, I guess we probably need to wind it down and wrap it up and just let you know that we missed you. We missed you. We're back. I, I I know we get a little salty with you sometimes, Atlanta, but I'm telling you, you may not believe me, it's out of love because I want our fan base to be the cream of the crop, the class of, of, of the professional sports. I want us to not go into these. Here's another stupid hot take as, as we wind it down. If Todd Munkin leaves, does Brock Vandergriff and Carson Beck follow him? What the fuck are you talking about? To the NFL? Wait, what do you mean follow him? 
They can't go to the NFL number one. What do you mean? Because Munkin leaves, they just abandon the program and transfer? I I just hate so much when sports writers sit around and just make up something to talk about. It happens so much. ESPN, everywhere you go, they just say we're never – I don't know. I, I'm for sure somebody probably turns us off and, and says something. But, I mean, those guys say the dumbest shit. But we really don't. I really try to listen to the Paul Feinbaums of the world and some of the ESPN guys but and some of the writers and look at the sport objectively. And I try to think rationally about things in big picture like the commissioner over here says. But some of you, I don't even – it's like you don't even watch – it's like you watch two quarters and read an article and you're a professional. Just just hear something. See, yeah. some, see somebody commented, one of your friends commented on Facebook, and it's a gospel truth now. Yeah, do your homework. Be a little more objective about the sport and look at it and how the, how the people that are involved in it look at it. Really try to view the game as if you were an owner, a player, somebody in management, just something. Look at it that way, like, Everybody's all butthurt about Dansby not coming back. Well, guess what? Alex Anthopoulos did what he thought was best to have the Atlanta Braves continue their championship play. And I'm sorry, a career 255 hitter doesn't deserve he – he didn't deserve what he got in Chicago. I don't know Dansby Swanson from Adam's house cat, but it's, he seems like a swell guy. But would I, if I owned the Braves, would I have paid him that? Nope. And he, he wanted to take less. This was not a Dansby decision for those of you out here thinking this is kind of like a Freddie thing. It, that's 100% Alex Anthopoulos shook Dansby Swanson's hand and said, I don't think you're the best for our team for the future moving forward. Good luck, Dansby. Thank you for everything. Anthopoulos made that call. He said, the way your metrics project and everything else, financially, all that, can't do it. Would I have liked to have seen him stay? Yeah. But here's the thing. Dansby Swanson's been good for several years. Very good for two. I'm still on that boat where just because a guy has two back-to-back good years, you don't back up a Brinks truck. And I'll say till I die, baseball for me is the best, greatest, most awesome sport ever. I love it more than football. I love it more than Georgia football. I love the Atlanta Braves and watching them play. But I want to see them. If getting rid of Dansby gets me a World Series, adios, muchacho. See you later. I'll come up to Wrigley again and, and see you play. I want to go back to Wrigley, but no, I would not have given him that money. He's a career 255 hitter. You don't, you don't pay a career 255 guy $20 million a year. You just don't. And his just like Freddie, Freddie's gone partly because he screwed the pooch. We all know about that one. We won't beat that horse. We'll leave that horse in the ground. But also, his metrics didn't project out as well as Olsen's. And I'm telling you, as long as Vaughn Grissom can make the adjustments at the plate, He's going to be just fine. Just fine. He's going to be just fine. And he's been working with arguably the best infield coach in the game. Uncle Wash has been down there with the fungo bat and hitting him grounders and working with him down in New Orleans all offseason. Now he's got spring training. I don't see what the problem is. Uh, of course, everybody would have liked to have seen him do something with Ozuna. I just think we can't move him. And I think it's like that scenario we've talked about before to where he's got to come in and play like a house of fire and then Anthopolis will move him along, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm, I'm rambling again. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling. I mean, you were right. You knew what it was. <clears throat> we got to cut this short. We got to cut you off. But we're going to be back later in the week with more episodes. Jared will be here with us, maybe even Tim, Friday night as we get all the – we have two cameras, the monitor, the whole thing. 
Maybe Mark will take a picture before we leave and we'll oh, post I'm gonna, it on social yeah, media. I'm going to let everybody but see what's going on. Again, hang with us. Keep tuning in. Keep telling your friends because uh, our hope is eventually we're going to be live three nights a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. I know Mark uh, has Sundays off a lot of times and hangs out with the, with the well, your adult son. Mm. <laughs> it's weird. It's very weird. <laughs> and for those of you who have never seen Mark's son, I saw him not too long ago, and he looks like Phil Lesh from The Grateful Dead. That or Trey Anastasio. He's got this big moppy uh, thing of hair, and he's got the specs like Phil and Trey wear. And it's he's a, a raging badass. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're back. Tune in. Tell your friends. Uh, we're gonna be back on YouTube. The channel is still there. And uh, man, until next time, I hope you enjoyed this one because I sure did. And and sorry if I was a little salty and fired up, but uh, I have not had a microphone to uh, get some of this rage out from all these morons that have been trashing the dogs and talking weird stuff about the Falcons. And, you know, I, I posted the other day. It's the last thing I promise. I swear to God, I, I don't, cause I don't, you guys aren't going to listen to me for three hours on a podcast, but the extended snits contract. And I said this earlier uh, while you were on your break, but I want to drive it home one more time that now we get to listen to the Twitter GMs and the armchair managers tell us about how bad of a manager he is for a few more seasons. And that doesn't make any sense to me either, but none of this makes sense. We're all on this crazy rock spinning around together, and we're all going to be together again Friday night. We'll see you then. Until then, Atlanta, have a good rest of the week, and we'll catch you later. Go dogs. Do you believe?